on another planet far from Earth is a being called Rage. A castaway from another planet, he's now here. Half bear, half man. He escaped apocalyptic war on his home planet. He reluctantly fled, desperate for resources and reinforcements. However, the Jackals had other plans. They followed Rage through a wormhole and now want to rule over Earth as well. Go now to IndiePlanet.com or click the link in the podcast description for issues 1 to 3. For the complete story, and now, new off the press, special issue Rage number 4. All shall beware of Rage. Everybody, everybody. Everybody, 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 everybody. Hold on, everybody. Let me make sure everything is up to snuff here. And we got a good signal. Hold on. Connected, then we lost connection. Okay. We're back on. We're back on. Let's see. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, welcome everybody to the Ham Palace Live. We shall have on soon, Daniel Wilson. Now we're going to play a little catch up. Um, and he'll be coming into the studio uh, shortly. I uh, hope every, everyone's been doing good, uh, great. I, I mean, hope everyone had a great Memorial weekend. Uh, I did. I got in some Frisbee golf. You guys heard that last episode, so I'm not going to go into that anymore. <laughs> Although I could go into Frisbee golf a bit more. I don't, I'll spare you that. That was the last episode. So hope everyone's having a, a good time. Uh as always, you guys, this is live, so you guys can always type in questions. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be having any, anybody on, but you're always welcome to type in questions when you stumble onto the show. I think that's what people usually do. They stumble on uh, in the middle of Daniel and I discussing things. And we're going to have an interesting paranormal hour. Um, I have the missing 411, a sobering coincidence to talk about, um, about a quarter of the way through it. Um, I'm also more than halfway through a chocolate chip cookie uh, from Costco. They have, they have these really good cookies were um, by the Kirkland brand. It's the Costco brand, Kirkland. And they're soft, but they're not too soft. And they're, the chocolate chip is tight. And uh, it's just a good... Mmm. Mmm. I usually don't like super soft cook, And it's not super soft. It's just the right kind of... Um, 
I don't know. It's just an, it's just the right type of. Um, let me search for the word. Um, it's just the right kind of bake or or make. I'm kind of failing with those two words, but that it's just right in the middle. It's it's not too hard. It's not too soft. And it holds its taste very well. Mm. I'm a big chocolate chip cookie guy. I almost never eat any other kind of cookie. Um, it's fantastic. But yeah, Missing 411 by David Pallades. Pal David Polite, David Polites. <laughs> you could say that name a thousand different ways, and I've heard it pronounced a thousand different ways. I'm sure he has too. But um, yeah, I just uh, this is fascinating because it has to do with um, all the disappearances. Uh, in, in in cities and bars in bars people um, go to the bathroom and they're gone they're taken and they're usually around water and hence the sobering coincidence and one of the cases take place in my old college town Mount Pleasant Michigan and a little college called Central Michigan University. Universidad. And I'm going to read that one. And you guys can kind of tell me what you think. And Daniel, tell me what he thinks. And this will be an interesting episode. It'll be fun. We're going to be catching up with Daniel. He's going to be talking about his food farming, I'm sure. I've seen a lot of stuff on his Instagram. Uh... Him doing all sort all sorts of exciting projects, and I believe he is in Secretary Lepley, which brought him in, and here he is, Daniel Wilson. Hello, Chris. And Daniel Wilson is in his bathroom. Uh, <laughs> sounds like <laughs> nothing let, in the closet. Let, or let me see. <laughs> let me see if I can fix that. Yeah. How's this sound? There we go. That sounds okay. much clearer. I wasn't in the bathroom, but I was, <laughs> I was in the office, which is a big, wide open room. Yeah, that's okay. That's I just it sounded a lot different than, uh, than usual. So uh, okay, well, Here I was just go. going into the whole thing about you got a lot of projects, projects going on at the food farming. Um, almost every day, you got some kind of video of doing some some kind of interesting uh what was that one you were doing were you doing something with like soil or there's some kind of machinery i i i, I there's some kind of real wild thing you're doing what was huh. it what what did you post was it recently uh, within the last week or so hmm what were we doing uh we made some garden beds recently maybe and... that was part of it yeah we just made some um four by eight 
garden beds. Yeah, there. I think that's what it was. There was something going on with like structures, some kind of wood or something. You're laying something out. Yes, that was it. So we were, uh, we, I, I bought some of this soil and it's called flickaseed and it's high mycelium rich with worms, uh, soil for garden beds. Yeah. And, and so I bought a, a, it's called a super sack, two cubic yards. And Omina and I, well, you know, we want to expand the garden. So I was talking to the farmer who delivered the soil. I said, what's the best method here? He said, I would just do two by six, use two by six. He said, you could even use two by fours, but we, mm -hmm. he said two by six is really good. Uh, just make two by six. You don't have to do, you don't have to stack them up and stack up two two by sixes. You can just, you, six inches is enough. So we made three four by eight garden beds out of two by six redwood. And this was mm -hmm. interesting because in Minnesota, you know, cedar is the the wood of choice for antifungal right. antimicrobial okay water resistant but here in arizona at home depot the the cedar is imported from japan and it was crazy expensive so redwood is a great oh. alternative and they were these big two by six by eight foot two by uh, redwood boards were cheaper than a yeah. little one by four piece of cedar, which is insane. And, <laughs> and it's super nice wood. So I looked online on back in the echo. Uh, yeah, I, I looked online and we found that it's even better when you use something like a tongue oil and beeswax mixture to, to rub on them and seal it. And they become really resistant to water and sun and mold and things. So that's what we did. And that's the video we're talking about. So today we, uh, we got them put into place, Omina and I, and leveled them all out. We got our soil delivery. And over the weekend, we'll fill those, those babies up with garden soil. And then we're going to make some yeah. shade for them and put some seeds in there and get it going. I was just reminded, I was just reminding myself of like when you were making those saunas and how, how good this probably is for you uh, mentally, dare I say spiritually, but on, on multiple levels to create a project like this, because it's just, it's good for the body to do things physically. Oh yeah. And um, this is such, you know, this is something that, well, you got to think about, you know, where you need to place, what kind of boards and kind of wood you're using and all that um so that's that's such that's a great thing you just learn something new about the wood but is this stuff like is this right outside your, the home or is it down ways you have to like really walk to get to this where you're setting this up or is it all going to be centrally located well we got two acres uh, on the site and our yeah. house is on up on the northeast corner of the site on a hill and so we ended up putting these garden beds right outside our front door. So, okay. 
and and we put them smack dab uh, right out the front window, so we can <laughs> keep an eye on them. Nice, because we're going to utilize this passive irrigation system that I learned about from Jeff Lawton in Jordan. It's called measured irrigation. And it kind of competes with, it's an alternative to uh, using a timer box. Mm-hmm. A lot of, most people will use a timer box for their, uh, for their irrigation needs. And some people will even do the smart irrigation where it's communicating with like the local weather service. And this, what it does, have I talked to you about measured irrigation? I just love it. Maybe so much. a little bit in the past. I, well, well, it's basically it you're replacing your timer valve, your solenoid valve, which is where, you know, it it either stops the water from coming out or it lets the water go through the irrigation. So yeah. it's, it's just basically it's like the door, the doorway uh, for the water to either you open the door and let the water out or you shut the door and keep the water in. Right. Mm-hmm. So a timer, it'd say, okay, open the water door for five minutes and then shut it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that it's based on it, it, the, the, the timer uses electricity and it uses a solenoid valve. And uh, so what this does instead, instead of a timer and using electric, you're just using an evaporation pot with a float and a magnet so when 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 the when it's a terracotta pot like a a basic flower pot a clay pot that you would put a plant in right and that thing's got a float in it and in fact it's like one of those those uh noodles water noodles that you float in oh yeah yeah and he he just used a piece of that and so basically when that when that thing's full the, the float is floating on the top and as okay. it's when it's really hot out it starts to evaporate and the float starts to to lower down lower fall 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 closer to the bottom of the pot mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah and i think so when it gets to the very bottom because the water evaporated boom the magnet on the float touches the solenoid valve and it opens the it opens the irrigation. So boom, the irrigation event just began. The floodgate opened. Yeah. And now the irrigation event happens. Meanwhile, one of your emitters of water is dripping back into the pot. So eventually when that pot, eventually after five minutes or so, that pot is going to refill with water and the, the magnets will detach from each other and boom, the irrigation event ends. So the whole point is, is that the irrigation is based on the prevailing weather conditions and you put it in your garden. So if it's really hot, the evaporation happens really fast. If right. it's not really hot, it goes very slow and <clears throat> it's all unpowered and it, it send you do have to calibrate it but once you calibrate it it's it's irrigating your plants 100% based on the weather instead of a timer which it could rain 
and the timer's still going to go off. Mm-hmm. Or it could be really hot and you didn't time it. Uh, you didn't time it in, uh, uh, frequently enough. So now your plants don't get enough water. So it just, it's responding to the weather unpowered, which is so cool. And then you can even hook it up to a rain barrel as long as it's a meter off the ground. And now you have a totally unpowered, unmanned irrigation system that you don't even have to be there. It doesn't require any power. The rain just you just rain it rains it fills up your tank and then you use this evaporation valve to irrigate your plant so like you you could literally set it up and walk away for 20 years and as long as nothing gets in the way of the mechanical systems like it's going to irrigate exactly what needs to irrigate for those plants it's so cool now just for the audience yeah (laughs) for the audience explain what irrigation means like what is that when you use the word irrigation event what does that mean it means like okay let's say you want to water your plants right you got you you're growing a tomato plant in your garden yeah that that plant needs water so what you could do is you could fill up a pot a a flower pot like a you know like a a, a, what do you call like a watering pot with Mm -hmm. it's got a handle and it's got a big long note a big long snout and you can water your plant with it right what do you call it a watering can or something yeah a water yeah the um the, yeah the, the watering pot or whatever yeah you, know, you could yeah. use a, a, an aquafina bottle whatever it doesn't All matter right. right um you just irrigated your plants but what i'm talking about is when you run uh poly to plastic tubes to all your plants so every plant has a plastic tube that drips water to the to you just lay it next to the the base of the plant and then when the irrigation event begins it starts dripping water and if you time it right you can use a timer and it's gonna it's gonna irrigate for five minutes it's gonna drip for five or ten minutes or whatever it is and then mm-hmm. it'll shut off. You just irrigated your plants. You just irrigation means watering your plants. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to make sure uh, people that don't know about this kind of stuff know. What it is. <laughs> I hope I, I explained it properly. I think so. I think okay. so. So it's, it's and sorry you... to go off on the irrigation tangent. I'm <laughs> well, well, that's what you're in the middle of. That's what you're passionate about. That's, that's okay. what you went to, you know, school for you know, recently. So, um, so this saves you time. So you don't have to individually go in and water each one. So that's the advantage of that. It's like, you can leave it alone. It's on automatic. You set it and forget it. Set it and forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, is, uh, so you're just, you're focusing on this. Is there anything else that you've been doing with the, with the land? Um, or has this been your main focus? Well, we've been, we've been planting trees. We've been, uh, we made a guild, a plant guild with a mesquite tree and a mesquite tree is a common desert tree that requires very little water Mm -hmm. and it can survive in the desert. You can, you can be driving through the desert 
and you just see rocks and sand and dust, right? And right. then out in the middle of that vast wasteland, you'll see like this beautiful tree just just uh, in the middle there, right? Yeah. That's that's a hardy desert tree. They can survive in the desert. They're they're they are built to uh, survive in the dry land. So um, we have some on our property, and the nice thing about these things is they make they they uh they fix or meaning they add nitrogen to the soil so when you have a bunch of these things they're adding nitrogen to the soil which plants need they need nitrogen so mm -hmm. making a guild is saying oh we're going to put a bunch of food producing plants next to a bunch of nitrogen fixing plants and they're going to communicate they're going we're going to make a little mini ecosystem and the plants actually help each other. Yeah. They, they thrive yeah. off each other. They're a family and they work together. And that's just the, the nitrogen connection is just one connection. You can do all kinds of other uh, beneficial ecological functions when you make this guild. And it's just a grouping of plants that are companion to each other, right? Yeah. So we had one of these and we uh, made a perimeter around the tree and we started planting things next to the tree. And then we dug a trench to the road so that when it rains, that trench is going to fill up with water and it's going to fill our guild. We, we made a trench around the whole guild so that thing will fill up with water. And then we filled the trench with wood chips, which will act like a sponge because you want to hold the water as long as possible. That's the problem with the desert. Is when yeah. it rains, the water just it comes and it goes so fast, and it never infiltrates the soil. And that's why the dry land exists. If we did, if we had infiltration, if all the water got slowed down, we yeah. might not have so much desert. Um, anyways, so yes, other than the garden beds, where we did some guilds, and what else? I've been hitting the gym, which has been amazing. Went oh, back. you're back in the gym. Now, that's oh. something I haven't seen a lot of as far as posts and, and all that. So I was wondering what was happening there. You know, you know it's like, how much do I, I really got to post about it? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. You had that whole, that, uh, that garage gym. You had quite a few posts, you know, back in Minnesota there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you got to ask yourself, why are you posting? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think there's the argument, just post. We live in a world where you, ha you got to post. <laughs> right? Yeah, we live yeah, in a social right. media world. You got to right. post, right? But it's like, do uh, when my mind's there, I, I like what I've learned about the gym and watching like bodybuilder videos. Like I love Rich Piana. I don't know if you know Rich Piana. No, he, he passed away. But Rich, I, no. I love all of them. Rich Piana. Um, I know Dorian Yates from he was a while ago. Yeah, Dorian Yates. Uh, another one I listen to is Jay Cutler. I like listening to his videos. And um, they say it's so important to focus on the muscles that you're working. And yeah. It, it's about focusing on the muscle. And it's, it's about keeping your head in the game, right? It's about focus. So when you do those reps... You're not talking to someone else while you're trying to do your reps. You're not listening to someone else talk oh, yeah. about right. you know, baseball or whatever. Like you're uh, you're focusing on that.
that mind muscle connection. You're putting all your focus to like your med. Let's say I'm doing biceps. I'm meditating on my biceps as I do the reps. Yep. Yep. One of the things I do um, is sometimes I'll close my eyes and I'll picture the muscle like being gigantic, like in the bicep curl, like yeah. huge. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's just like way like a cartoon, that kind of thing. And then I'll open it up and I'll, I'll just really, you know, I'll try to not think about anything else but that exercise and uh, look at myself in the mirror, you know, as myself like doing the, the thing. Because so many of the times I'll just be like, like oh, I'm like this. Uh, I'll picture myself in my head like the Hulk or something. Like, no, just, you know, just be you. Just be you, look in the mirror, and get focus on that. And it, it's interesting. It does help you have a tunnel vision on what you're doing instead of thinking about a thousand different things that, you know, now you're just going through the motion and you're just thinking about, oh, what bill you got to pay or what you got to do tonight or the day after or what all that, all that stuff. So Yeah, and I, I would argue that just uh, crossing that barrier of posting something it's like, okay, I just posted and now I'm going to wait for, see who liked it, who commented mm-hmm, on it. Sure. You know what I mean? And now I'm not thinking about th- those reps. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm just wondering, like, you know, as we live in the social media age at the moment and I understand its function, but I'd also say is it, I don't necessarily think that function is necessarily good all the time, but you know, this is obvious stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, it's, it's addicting. The whole nature of it is, is addicting. And, um, I think you doing this, you know, doing the, the, the food farming, um, any time that you can kind of get away from the phone and just focus on doing something manually, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Where you're getting away from the technology a bit and kind of getting back to the earth of things in nature and things that are that are not electronic. Yep. It's it's a beautiful thing. Um, it kind of reminds me of like like I've been doing a lot of walks lately, and um, they say walking is so good for you. Just going and walking in nature. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just recently had my cataract fixed and taken care of so i can't do any heavy weights at least not for a little while oh so really like, well yeah like so i just i'm just doing walks just about every night and uh, mostly at night because you know i get out of work kind of late so I'll, I'll walk uh down the block and back and, and about 25 minute walk it's not much but still it's there's something very peaceful and very zen about it and uh or you know sometimes i'll go there's this great park uh, called River Bends, where it's a frisbee golf uh, course, but it's really a, it's it's a good sized park where you can kind of get lost in it. So you don't have to finish the whole course. You can t- you know do a couple baskets and then you can go for a walk and kind of get lost in some of the the nature. Like there'll be a river and you can go like a little small little island. You can kind of go through some of the like a hidden pathways and and so that's good to do too. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that's a bummer, it's like you can, you can kind of hear the cars outside of the park a little bit. It's like if you can get away from that car noise, yeah. that's, that's the best, you know, so. Yeah, totally. Oh, 
Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't post on Instagram as much as I used to. And I, I, I want to post a little bit more, but I don't know. I think I'm more of the, the YouTube, like that's my, more my format right now. Um, and an occasional Facebook, but you know, maybe I'll get a little bit more active on Instagram, maybe posting some, some walk and talk videos a little bit more, you know, you see, occasionally I'll do some drawing videos on there, but not as often as I should. I think, I think I I'm love pretty, your drawing uh, videos, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. Nothing's more meditative than those drawing videos. <laughs> yeah, it is a meditative thing. And it's, it's, that's why it's important to kind of do things like that, um, that you can kind of get lost in. Um, but you know what it is about Instagram? It feels, it, there's all these followers on there that all these fake followers, like, are these even real people? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, all these people are like following, but I'm like, I don't even know if these are real. So it's like, I'm kind of like, I don't know. So I went private for a while on there, but I might put it back onto the business setting. I don't know. I, I, I hate no, the phone. There's stuff so that, many you know. spammers. Yeah. Like, God, yes. I, I want to put it on private too. And it's like, the more I block them, the more they come. I'm right. at like four or five spam accounts and they all say the same thing. Watch my 18 plus video. Watch my 18 plus video. Watch my... <laughs> right. And I'm like, it's, it's bad. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> AI doing it. I assume. Uh-huh. I I assume it I mean there it's it's go there's too many of them for it to be manual, I think. But I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it is. Maybe they have like spam farms somewhere in some country. I don't know. Yeah, I was talking to Gene about that and I go, that's why I I switched to private. He's like, Well, he's like, Yeah, but you gotta think about how many people actually post stuff on Instagram. A lot of people are just you know, following people and they're just on there to watch. They're, they're not posting many things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But it's still, I guess it, it's, you know what it is? It's the lack of authenticity that I, I, I just, I can't, I hate that. Like, I don't know. I, that Maybe that's why I should post more videos on me that feels more like, more real. I, I hate. I, you know, I don't like when people post like, oh, here's a picture, right? But here's really small text, like microscopic text you got to read, right? Mm. <laughs> or it's like, how am I gonna, supposed to connect to that? You know, post, a, I don't know, post a video, um, just post a picture. That's fine. You know, I I don't know. It, it's a weird hot, it's in a weird place right now. It's, it's a hodgepodge of, of weirdness. And, and I just feel like ah, I'm losing a, sense of connection on there unless i start i mean the drawing videos are fine but maybe i'll start doing a little bit more but i don't i don't want to get to the point where i'm like posting every stinking day because that will drive me nuts you know so totally yeah, yeah. i think it's about it's a i mean it's about uh knowing your the frequency you're shooting for yeah and doing and being really disciplined with it but mm -hmm. I find myself just scrolling, looking for that dopamine hit way too much. And then I ask myself, what am I even looking for? What do I, right. what do I think is going to happen that's so beneficial that I just have to get back on and watch the next story? It's like nothing. There's nothing on there that's that beneficial. 
I mean, I do like keeping up with current events a little bit just for, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, I, it's like the story. It's like it's news is like a, it's like entertainment, right? What what's happening next? Oh, the breaking news. Holy shit. That what just happened? You know, um, <laughs> but Biden just fell. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess. There's a few things I wanted to go over, but we covered a couple of them. Um, Vincent, how's Vincent? Oh, he's he's great. He's, dog. he's yeah. here with me with his head on his head on my lap, taking a nap. Oh. He's yeah. a great guy. We just love Vincent so much. Yeah, he really seems like a really calm, calm and together kind of dog. Very uh, easygoing, from what I get from 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 what i've seen from him so far so yeah he is and uh, we're thinking about getting a num another like getting him some sort of sibling oh yeah yeah okay okay well i you know i think that he that might you know i think maybe he'll get a, a little more 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 joy maybe he needs a little buddy i don't know i he mean you guys work at home quite a bit don't you yeah yeah but we're humans, you know. Dogs, yeah. dogs play in a different way. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I think there might be a little jealousy because he, Vincent's a very spoiled, uh, pampered, basically a human. Right. And uh, once the new little puppy comes in, we'll see. We'll see how he, we'll see how he handles it. Yeah. Um... Have you thought about a type of dog, or are you just going to go in there and and to see which one you connect with? Yeah, we'll go with the rescue dog again and okay. go cool. off per, go off personality. Yeah, we like we like the really, um, you know, Vin, we Vincent caught our eye because he was very uh, shy and quiet. And yeah. he looked he looked like he was in despair. So <laughs> yeah. we were uh super happy to take him home with us. Yeah. It, it took a little while for him to get caught up and he still can't go on the car rides without throwing up. Although he does oh. a lot better in the Tacoma than the Corolla. For some reason the truck huh. he, he cannot throw up, but in the Corolla he just always throws up. It's I don't know something huh. about the Corolla gives him car sickness. Yeah, weird, weird how that is. Um, by the way, how was your Memorial weekend? Oh, uh, it was cool. Uh, yeah, I did a little Memorial Day episode where I kind of talked about it. I went over to my brother's girlfriend's place. Yeah, and uh, we had a little bit of a get together there, a little family meeting. Um, he we. You know, he made some steaks. He said he was going to make steaks, but his friend actually accidentally, I don't know if it was an accident, maybe he was playing a joke on him, bought him pork, all these pork chops instead. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't know, he didn't look at the food or something, it was wrapped up. And it, so I'm like, he's like, oh, I'll just make you a burger because I'm a big burger guy. So I had that. And it was pretty good. We played, um, what do you call that? Uh, is that called cornhole? Where you throw on the, uh, the sand bags into the hole there 
Oh. He's got that in the uh, in the driveway. You you know what I'm talking about, right? There, there's there's a hole yeah. in this little board. We always just call them sandbags. Sandbags, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm getting a little bit better at that, but still not great. And uh, I'm anyway, so bad at that game. Yeah, man. I know. <laughs> uh, my mom got a few in the hole, so she did really good uh, that day. Ooh, but uh, nice. she's um, she bowls all the time, so she's she's pretty good at aim. But I mean, I throw axes once in a while, and I do frisbee golf, so my aim should be better. So, um, but when I ended, I ended up going to play frisbee golf that day, like I stayed a couple hours, and I left for for that. And it was such a nice day, man. It was just beautiful. And I went to this really really good park called Firefighters Park, and it's just wide open and there's like uh there's 18 baskets you can shoot at and it was was like seven o'clock and there wasn't many people there so it it was good i didn't have a lot of people like on my on my butt like hey hurry up or you know there's just one guy that just i let him play through um but uh no it was fun it's fun it's if you ever you you should try it just to see i don't know if they have any frisbee golfs in arizona Maybe maybe it's midwestern thing. But. They got to, but I've never played. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where you you, have, you go to you know a store, you get like a basic set, and a basic set will run you like twenty, maybe twenty, fifteen, twenty bucks, and you have a putter, you got a mid range, and you have a driver, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just like golfing that way, where you want to use the driver, and it's supposed to go as far as as you. Is you, it, you wanted to go as far as possible close to the basket. It's the same rules as golf, just about where you want to get a hole in one or a birdie and use a mid range. And the mid range is supposed to go a bit, you know, not too far, but far enough. And then the putter, when you get real close. Oh, and, okay. Uh, there's different frisbees. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Like, the, like there's different golf clubs for the distance on the course. And um, yeah, it's such a. You know, it's such a unique unique thing because it's a pain in the beginning because you have to learn how to control. The fr- it's not like, you know, you throw Frisbee. You know, it's different because they're weighted Frisbees. So you'll throw this Frisbee and it'll be at an angle. So you have to overcompensate by kind of throwing it at a bit of an angle. And then it'll start to straighten out midway into the, into the, into the throw. Mm-hmm. And then um, – but. Once you get the control down where you can throw it fairly straight or around trees, then you feel like a sense of accomplishment. Like, wow, now I have, now I'm starting to master this a little bit. And then, um, then you get, when you hit, when it hits that basket from a decent distance and you're like, okay, I got it in three tries or four tries. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's a lot like throwing axes where once it, once that ax hits the wood and it sticks where you wanted it to go, it's like, it's such a great feeling. You know, it's like, ah, oh, again, and you're not thinking about much else. You're kind of very in the zone and it's very similar. And you just, uh, you know, you can zone out. You, you don't have to beat yourself up over it. I don't think it's as frustrating as golf, but, um, and it could be like, you can get together with a bunch of dudes that are into it, or you can just play a solo and you get decent exercise, you know, basic, good exercise, walking around and doing it. Or it's just, it's a very mellow thing. You know, it's it's not very super competitive. Um, I think that's why I like it so much because I don't have to. I could play with a bunch of people if I wanted to. It can be a social thing 
if you find a group. Or you could just go out and just say, oh, I can't get a hold of anybody. Nobody wants to play with me, so I'm going to go out and just go have, get a game in. So that, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, but I was going to ask, what are you doing? Like, is there anything that you're doing as far as, like, you know, entertainment or, like, sport or any other hobbies that you're doing right now? Hmm. I've been hiking when I can. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah, to be honest, that's about it. Hiking, yeah. working on projects. I've been working a lot, doing the appraisal yeah. work. I need to get back into the podcast. I, I know Grant Mondrell, a buddy. Yeah, say, from uh, from Australia. Yeah, r- really mentor. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, he's a buddy, but also. He knows so much. He's already taught me so much. So, so much of our conversations is him talking and me listening and learning. Yeah. Yeah. Those are very informative. Yeah. For sure. Um, But the hiking. Yeah. Did you go, didn't you say there was another ranch close to you that you're going to go visit? Yes. Bradshaw Ranch. Did we talk about this on a pod? You sent me, you, I think you sent me a video on it, like a, a, yeah. like a four hour video. I think I got, mm-hmm. I still didn't get through the whole dang thing, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. It was really weird. Some of that stuff. Uh, did you, yes. did you get a chance to go back down there? Or, or? No, I, I, I haven't actually ever been there yet. So, uh, a buddy, a local, he's, he grew up in Sedona, uh, said he would take me. He knows more about it. He grew up here. And uh, I think we just we just have to plan it. And then take, you know, make, figure out what kind of video we're going to make and what kind of media we want to do with it. But funny little story. I don't know if you follow. Um, if you follow, gosh, I hate that I'm lost for his name, but uh, Brandon the owner of skinwalker ranch skinwalker branded uh fugal yeah i follow him on twitter and he he tweeted that they're gonna in they're making a new show a spinoff where they investigate other sites not just skinwalker ranch and i uh i i tweet i replied to okay. his tweet i said i see i I suggest looking into Bradshaw Ranch in Sedona. And he replied and said, done. So nice. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And a bunch of people loved love that. it. That was like the most, <laughs> most response to a team I've ever got. Yeah. He, it yeah, says done. Great. Done with a smiley face emoji wearing the sunglasses. You know, the sunglasses. Beautiful. Yep. I'm looking. I always, you know, because that's the thing. It's like they could be doing that on some of these episodes, going to different ranches or going to, you know, other places in the world where some, some maybe something similar is happening. Yeah. Uh, to what they're doing. Um, so, uh, also last week, what it wasn't even on they had the like the fdr thing on so i'm like what the heck you know so 
knows what's going on with the what, yeah what is up with that is it is is it only six episodes a season is the season over because uh no no i have to say have that was finale. that was not the strongest finale but on prime <laughs> yeah on prime at least got a few more well maybe they took a break skipped a week or something i guess uh, that was odd like all of a sudden, okay, it's off, or they didn't even put it on the next day or later that night or anything. And there wasn't yeah. even any announcement. Like, hey, we'll be, Skinwalker Ranch will be back next week. That's weird. Yeah, I, I, I'm liking the season um, a lot. I, and then I've been watching Dave Polite's responses to the episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Those are good compa companion pieces too. Yeah, the episodes for sure. Um, speaking of that, that's a good transition, um, for our little paranormal hour. I, I got the missing four and four one one sobering, a sobering coincidence, right? Yeah. The book. And I was going through here and I was looking at, I just kept on reading the Michigan ones. Right. And I was going through and one of the cases take place in Mount Pleasant where I went to college at CMU. Oh, really? Yeah, and one of the guys in there, it, it was obviously a lot more recent, not while I was going, but I think 2015 or 14, one of the guys, um, they found him in a pond, face down, uh, accidental, accidental drowning. But it's one of those things where he, I mean, I could read the whole thing, and it's interesting, where he, somebody was supposed to pick him up, and then he disappeared. And then he, they was he was found in a upside down and under you know face down in a pond. Real, it's eerie. It's eerie. And it, you know he talks about the towers. The towers is like, you know, when you're a freshman, you got all these different places to live on campus if you want. Uh, and the towers was like a big centralized location for most of the freshmen to live in the first couple years. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, I lived in uh, Cobb Hall, which was one of the you know, one of the towers there and they have different halls on each, each angles, different name. So it really hit home with me. And I'm like, man, that's eerie. That's too, it's almost like, cause Mount Pleasant, that's only like three hours away from me right, where I'm at right now. And I used to drive back and forth there and to home, mm -hmm. you know, like every, you know, maybe once a month or something like that. And it's just like, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, think about your college, you know, where you went to. And, and if you found, if there was a missing 401 case there, how kind of unreal that would be. Yeah. Um, and there's cases in Minnesota, too, which I could talk about and see how close they are to you. Um, no, I know. There was one in downtown Minneapolis, if I remember right. Yeah. I, like, knew the spot. Yeah he was talking about yeah. so it gets a little unreal once he starts talking about the areas you know and uh yeah i mean it's like david he's been all over the place he's been all over the damn nation <laughs> like and he goes and visits these spots too so it's like he must know a lot about all these areas like it's unreal like yeah. he's basically got a superpower like he knows like the layout and setup of all these places and he's investigated it. It's, it's something else. Um, but yeah, um, I could, I mean, I could see him. I'm looking at it. 
how long this is because I don't want to bore people, but it's like one, let's see, one, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll read it. It's only a couple pages. All right, you mind? I'll read it to you real quick. Go ahead. All right, so this dude, Michael Hartnett, right, missing uh, in October, the 5th of October, 2014, 2 a.m., Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Age of disappearance, 18 years. Um, Michael Harnett was from Dearborn Heights, Michigan. Yeah, that's that's only like about an hour away from me, 45 minutes. That's where that pizza place is, I think, that we were talking about. Was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Fred's or whatever? Or Freddy's? What was the name of that, that damn pizza place? <laughs> You're telling me about. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but damn, I'm going to go visit one of these days. But anyway, he was a well-rounded person. Many people stated that he had friends who were athletes, musicians, and academics. He graduated from high school with several advanced placement credits and chose to attend Wayne State University in Detroit. Uh, that's, yeah, it's a major university uh, around here. And on October 4th, 2014, Michael traveled to Mount Pleasant to visit friends and enjoy their own homecoming weekend. Yeah, homecoming's a big deal at CMU, like everybody a lot of alumni go to the homecoming week weekend just to do the uh, the party and you know outside and everything and drinking and all that. But anyway, he spent time with friends on campus, drinking and having fun. Late Saturday night, one of the friends dropped him in an area near the campus called the Towers. Michael told him that he was meeting other friends there, and they separated at one thirty a.m one of Michael's friends tried to text him asking him where he was located. He didn't, he didn't receive an answer. One woman reported that she saw Michael at 1.30 a.m. near St. Mary's Catholic Church on campus and tried to call him a cab, but he couldn't walk or talk. It was not explained why she didn't call the police due to this, his state. Wait, what was a, he, was he sitting? Yeah, I know. This is uh, on campus. I tried to call him a cab, but he couldn't walk or talk. So, man, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. He's just kind of sitting there. Uh, maybe he's just probably nodding his head, like, or no, no, you know, and he wasn't talking. But it was not explained why she didn't call the police due to his state of being unable to care for himself. Hmm. On October 5th, 2014, so next day. Friends of Michael became concerned, as nobody had seen him. They called jails and hospitals in the region, and they noti- and then notified his family. At approximately 2.20 p.m., Central Michigan University Police received a call from Michael's father reporting him as a missing person. The police didn't waste any time organizing a search and checking the status, status of Michael's cell phone. The company reported that the cell phone had lost had, had last con- contact, contacted a tower near 2 a.m. Uh, that morning in the area of St. Mary's. A group of students and searchers went on, went to the region surrounding the church. A group of Michael's friends arrived at the church at approximately 4 p.m. It began walking around the Fabiano Botanical Garden Pond in the vicinity of the church. One of the friends saw a body face down in the pond and jumped in attempted to save Michael. He couldn't grab the motionless body, and it apparently sank to the bottom. Ugh. 
All right. The sure. Isabella County Sheriff's uh, dive team was summoned. Isabella County is basically, you know, right next to Mount Pleasant or part of Mount Pleasant, something like that. At 7 p.m., Michael's body was found at the bottom of the pond. Uh, the coroner took custody of the body and rendered a decision that Michael died from accidental drowning. It should be stated that he was an insulin-dependent diabetic, a condition that has existed in several people I have written about. There are only two cases in this book that involve the disappearance of Wayne State, Wayne State students, and both were not on the campus when they disappeared. Ken Gruno went missing 52 days after Michael vanished. Is it mere coincidence that both Wayne State students vanished just 52 days apart? I could not find a mention of Michael's tox toxicology uh, results. That's <laughs> some weird shit, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, man. So, I, I mean, that's Scary. that was weird when they said he went to that his buddy went to um, grab him, but he couldn't, and his body sank to the bottom of the pond. Just that's terrible. pretty. Yeah, that's awful. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know. There's just. It, and there's a whole bunch of these stories about, like, some of these people, they're in bars and they go to the bathroom and then they're gone. Yeah. You know, that's some unreal stuff. Like, that's, I mean, it's terrifying. One one guy I was reading, he was in Massachusetts. He was, at, he was going to Cambridge, Cambridge and he was walking, you know, from class to class or whatever or to his dorm. And he that was it. He got mm -hmm. taken. Like it, it's the same route he always takes to go to class or whatever. And like, that's scary. <laughs> he could be taken that easily in a, in a highly, you know, public place. Man, you better, I don't know. You better be ready to go sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I guess, uh, I don't know. Um, did you see? Did you see the UFO video they had over the military base? Did you see that recently? I don't think so. What What was it? They had. Um, was it the lights? Like yeah, uh, like six it looked different... like a boomerang. Yeah, like a boomerang. Okay, formation. I saw. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty weird. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things. You know, the guy, that FBI agent I was talking to you about, he's saying that there might be a eventually eventual false flag kind of situation where they're going to have these ufos but they're gonna they're gonna use it kind of like um whatchamacallit that scenario where they're gonna fake Moving. a semi-invasion yeah where they have their own kind of ufos but they're kind of they're gonna exaggerate how many are in the air it's really surreal it's, so it's like i don't know man that's that's yeah, it depends how it happens. It depends how <laughs> impressive it is, Whew. and what they do. But eh, I just don't. I personally don't believe it. I don't believe uh, that any uh, entity would harm us, um, like, and that Down we would open like that, at least. and that we would be able to respond. Mm -hmm. to 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 these beings with anti-gravitational free energy 
being able to, you know, either whatever it is, go across galaxies or just interdimensional, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. The idea that uh, they're going to rally up and we're going to use our, unless they unveil some technology, like, oh, we've been reverse engineering their technology and we can fight back. Like, I just don't buy it. Uh, that I don't, I mean, I, of course, but I know about Blue Beam. I think a lot of people know mm-hmm. about it. Right. I just, I don't see how they, I mean, if it's like a mass casualty event, you know, and they use the tra- the trauma to get people to just say yes to whatever because they're so traumatized, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think most people at this point, like they know if any sort of alien event happens, like <laughs> it's them doing it. It's not perfect timing oh like it's gonna be this aerial threat that the it just happened perfectly on schedule after everyone's been talking about them using a alien false flag like no way look if there's these i don't know what ets are but look if they if they have the capability to travel in a tic-tac like the way the tic-tac does and Mm -hmm. do these movements that they do and then disappear it's like we're not fighting them and look if they wanted to destroy us or harvest us they could have done it long ago like right the human it's like the human is not at its peak right now the humanity is not at its peak harvest like they should have harvested us a hundred years ago not now when we're all polluted and uh when we're all dumbass exactly <laughs> like, why would they want it <laughs> but um you know you know he's saying that uh they're gonna shoot down some they're gonna shoot down some planes and it's like that's a little you know it's a little freaky, you know. Well, yeah, I, that's how, how deep down the water hole, uh, wa- uh, the 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 rabbit hole you really want to let yourself go down, I guess. But it's still a little. He yeah. does have some cred, so it's a little it's a little freaky, you know. No, I'm not saying they won't do it. I I could see him doing it. I'm just saying I don't believe that it's an ET doing it. Oh right. And I I think most yeah. people believe one. I mean, a lot of people have no idea about what's going on. Like, they just don't pay attention to the disclosure news at all. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, obviously that would get a lot of people's attention if some mysterious aerial phenomenon starts shooting down human planes. Like, that'll get a lot of people's attention. Yeah. That don't pay attention to it. If it's but I our still guys think it, or the the deep state or whatever that's doing that, that's that's freaky. Hey, I don't want to die. I go on on a plane trip, see somebody like, yeah, it's a little eerie. Um, who knows what they have planned? But I, I don't. Again, I don't want to go too deep into it. I don't want to be right. Go too crazy about it. But um, I don't know. I'm going to be alert. That's yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think a lot of people are. I mean, like, you know. And I don't, I'm not endorsing anything, but like a lot of people have seen Stephen Greer's movies, Unacknowledged and uh, CE5 and like all that stuff. They know about it. They, they know about Project Bluebean. They're going to really have to throw a curveball at us. Mm -hmm. 
I think, to get the response they hope they get. I mean, obviously, a lot of people will be scared if some traumatic death happens, right? Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, are you really going to believe that we're going to take our F, what is it, F-50, F-35, I don't know the name of the plane, bombers or even the stealth fighters, like you think, or even HARP or whatever technology we have, we're supposed to go up against... Uh, these tic tacs and these interdimensional yeah. beings like no way so uh, it, it, if they're planning like an independence day the movie style <laughs> yeah. response like the, get randy clay in the jet plane take yeah. him down get it no <laughs> way that's happening yeah yeah that's not their mo like they're very uh, much about singling everybody out from all the reports and everything we've you know all the coast to coast stuff it's they abduct people at night or yeah. you go around a tree in the middle of nowhere and they gotcha it's that kind of, that's how they behave you know it's not a full frontal assault out in the open at least not you know not yet and then you look at the history like even you remember that like they have that medieval woodcut of that all the orbs in the sky that happened like you know, 500 years ago or whatever. Hmm. Um, even then, they weren't like shooting down, raining hell on on the people. But there was right. some going on in the sky that was probably pretty surreal. Right. Um, but that's like once out of who knows if that ever happened before that. So it's like it's that's not their style from what it seems to be, you know, and. uh but uh, I don't know. It's just it's a lot of weirdness. It's a big rabbit hole to go down. It's um, it's fascinating. It's really interesting. Um, so yeah, um, I guess there's another thing I wanted to talk to you about. It's not paranormal. I was watching, and this is just very much on the peripherals. Like I was watching a, a the- Theo Vaughn's podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And he had on, um, you know, he's a comedian. And uh, he does very kind of like juvenile, kind of lowbrow humor, but uh, he's funny. I like him. He had Jesse Ventura on, mm-hmm. and I was, and he was going on, and he he's like he's like he, I hate that he you know I couldn't get a word in, and he kept talking and yakking, and, but it's like his best podcast that I've listened because Jesse's just so full of stories, and he's he's funny because of his personality and everything. And he got his responses to Theo Vaughn. If Theo didn't know anything, he's like, well, you better start knowing. <laughs> he really takes him over, rakes him over the coals a little bit here. But it's all in good fun. But I was thinking, you know, did you live Did you live in Minnesota when he was governor? Or Do you remember that? Or Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, that was 90s. I was, I was in middle school. Yeah. I mean, you were probably, you know, fairly young. Yeah. Um, do you remember anything about his – was there anything that stood out about him being the governor or was it just kind of like, whatever, just another guy, you know, back then I didn't pay as much attention. I liked him cause he wanted to legalize fireworks. And mm-hmm. when I was in middle school, I loved fireworks. Right. Yeah. So I liked him. I, I remember kind of just, he was the reform party. He was the rent, the rebel. And I, I mm-hmm. liked him. I didn't get into him until much later when he 
kind of came out as a big time, you know, questioning everything. And yeah, yeah, I watched a little bit of that show. That was fun. Yeah, and I, then I got into him, and I was like, "Gosh, I'm ha- I'm proud of that. This guy was the governor, and then with his, mm-hmm. you know, with his stances on uh, Corona, I kind of I disagreed with him big time. I was like, mm-hmm. God, what happened to him? Um, yeah, but sure. you know, I still like him. He kind of made a a comeback speech recently because Minnesota just. Uh, just last week legalized recreational marijuana, 23rd state to do it. So yeah. the governor had Jesse give a speech because his wife had to go down to Mexico just to get the medical marijuana. I, I watched that. That's the yeah. one where he was in court and he was explaining about that. Yep. Did you see that? Yeah. And he said his wife was, well, she was all messed up or she was, on, she was going to die. Yeah. So he's like, I had to, you know, I had to break the law and I had to get some marijuana for her or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I like, I mean, I, I was always a fan. Um, yeah. Even though I didn't really pay attention to him back in middle school, ever since, you know, when I was in my 20s and mm-hmm. I really liked him. I went and met him at a book signing. I got, I bought his oh, book. That's cool. Yeah. Got to shake his hand, ask him a question. I forgot what I asked him a question about. I think it might have been free energy. But yeah, I don't remember, but he answered. Um, he it was good to meet him, and I I agreed with most of what he said. Not everything. Yeah, I didn't like his stance on the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to bring back the draft so that. Yeah. When people, when people's kids started coming home in body bags, that would end the wars. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's still the draft. (laughs) Yeah. And well, what he's saying is that he wants young kids to die to end the war, like for the greater good. And it's like, "Eh, I didn't, I didn't buy that. Um, Yeah. But anyways, I agreed with a lot of what he said. I liked his show. uh, Jesse Ventura questions everything. I liked his personality. I wish, I wish he would have given the president a, a run at least for the entertainment value. You know, he, he wrote mm-hmm. the book about, or he gave a speech at Harvard about how his pro wrestling, um, how pro wrestling would contribute to politics, and how to use pro wrestling uh, theater. And how to apply it to politics. And, you know, back in the day before Trump was president, him and Jesse were friends. And I remember Jesse telling Trump about how to be, you know, how to use his pro, how to apply pro wrestling theater to politics. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, you know, before Trump was president, he was doing the, the WWF stuff with Vince McMahon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. That was some silly silly yeah. business <laughs> yeah so i go back to the whole thing is just theater that's why i don't really get caught up in it um yeah. i mean not that not that there's not real world consequences but uh what you see is what you see and what happens behind closed doors i think what you see on the public mm-hmm. in the public is different than what happens when they're behind closed doors so i mean i, I think most people kind of know that so it's, yeah. it's just i don't 
it's a show. It's yeah. like a show business. You know? It's a show business. And when they, like I used to watch when Congress was in session and people giving their speeches and debating bills on the floor, it's like, I'm not watching this theater. This is, this may, this is, especially like the past, you know, seven years has just been miserable for watching politics and just yeah. the vitriol and the division and people just so angry, the 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 left, right. And oh, I know. And they want to suck us all in. It's they want like to a suck us all hole. in. No. You're right. I'm Get not, involved. I'm not turn. I might disagree <laughs> with my friends on a lot of stuff, but I'm not turning on them. You know what I mean? I'm not. Oh, I'm not, I know. Over the stuff that you see aside. on TV. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy. And it just, that seems the MO of mm -hmm. uh, our whole society, uh, at least on TV and, and most of a lot of the internet. It's like, it's just it's like, no, we should go against each other. Like you got to be on yeah. this side and that. It's like, wow. And a lot That's of activists crazy. will be like, oh, you're not, you need to, you need to stand up for what's right. And, I think you standing up for what's right is actually you choosing a side and just engaging in this left right paradigm. So to me doing what's right, I mean, standing up for what you think's right. Yeah, do it. But uh, actions leading via via example. Yeah, is right. better than words. Yeah, especially on social media. I got you for sure. That's how I see it. And um, I definitely get that. Absolutely, man. Um, and how we how we treat each other in person. That's why I think that's part of the whole conundrum with the online stuff. Like, yeah. And Instagram and all that and, and Twitter. It's like, uh, how about just be real? Just be, hey, uh, I, I had I, I had this meal and it sucked ass. Don't ever yeah. eat this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just stuff that like just that we could all kind of just talk about like not just they want you to eat up all this what's your opinion on this and that it's like there's so much other things to talk about yeah that. and i don't care what your opinion is on it i don't not you chris You're right but no i'm I saying you. in general i don't care what you think of my opinion either i don't i don't care what your opinion is it doesn't mean anything to me i'm interested in you i like people but uh, anytime I see, find, catch myself like really disagreeing with someone's opinion online or whatever, I just stop and say, I, I might really disagree with what you're saying, but you and I, have, you're not my enemy. You and I have a lot more in common than the predator billionaire class. Mm -hmm. We're there no matter what kind of issue they get the plebs fighting about. We shouldn't fight about it. It's just you shouldn't fight me and you shouldn't fight your neighbor. You shouldn't fight like, even if you vehemently disagree with them about abortion or whatever, guns, yeah. whatever it is, COVID, right. like any of that stuff. We're still on the same side and we still are stronger together when we focus on the stuff we agree on. And we're not each other's enemy. We have way more in common and in common interests than we do with the you know billionaire predator class basically like mm -hmm. that's who we you direct your anger towards not your neighbor like it's just two crabs in a pot pulling each other down like while they while they watch outside of the aquarium drinking their wine you know and don't let it happen just don't let it happen uh 
direct the negative energy to the top where where it belongs not not to the mm. side or below you if that makes sense no it totally does do you ever see the movie network yeah yep that's a fantastic movie mm-hmm. like that's movie everyone should watch once a year because it really boils it down how they want everybody fighting uh each other over it like they want to kind of they want to tell you what the reality is yeah you know uh, yeah, on, exactly. on tv and, oh, and totally. set that limit to your reality and uh and what's his name um uh finch or whatever peter finch the actor plays the guy in that and he's like he just he's like they, they're telling he's like wow well, we're telling you <laughs> it's like you're the one with the lives like and you're you're let you're living them to how they want you to live it and it's like it, it's just so good. It's such a great performance. And it's like, we just got to remind ourselves, like, just you pulled away, pulled away from all that because it's like, yeah, I, I, even, I, I barely drive around with the radio on anymore. Cause I just don't want to hear it. I just oh, yeah, don't for sure. I don't want to hear anything about the 19 or whatever, what you should do and how many people this is helping. And, the fighting whatever fight you want me to do it's like no nah, i'm i'm going to put on a podcast <laughs> or i'm going to put on an audiobook or i'm going to put on a cd yeah. cuz i'm i'm so sick of propaganda and yeah. things like that coming over the the radio exactly it's like, it's like they they played their hand they out yeah. they overplayed their hand now it's like we've a I don't want to hear that either. I don't want to hear any, mm-hmm. I can't, I cannot watch any mainstream news. I don't care what their leaning is. If it's, yeah. if, if they talk in that news presenter voice, like that fake news makeup artist, fake presenter voice, I can't listen to it. I, they're, they're not, it's not news. It's, it's just, it's, uh, it's uh, the billionaires programming, trying to program us, but they yeah, played their hand. Who do you right? trust? No, you can't. You don't trust. know who to trust anymore with that yeah. stuff. They overplayed their hand, and we're not listening. At least, you know, my parents—they might still listen to them. God mm-hmm. bless them. Right. Uh, and some of my peers—they might—they might still listen. I can't listen. I'm not listening to that. I'm—I'm I'm choosing my mentors, and I'm following them, and I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, uh, I'm zoning everything else out. Yeah. Uh, no more noise. Just focus on the task at hand, and uh, <clears throat> and you set your day. You yeah. set your day in the yeah. morning. Exactly. Like this is my reality, not your. Not trying to. You don't shape my reality. Like this is how I'm going to view my day. This is how I'm going to react to it. You know, I'm not going to stain it with whatever news. I'm like, oh, this is what you should think about the rest of your day because this is bad. And you yeah. know, it's like, wow, well, man. This is terrible. Like you can't let it's like poison. You can't let that poison in because you'll be thinking about it all day. And no, you have to set your own reality and just be like, no, nope, this is great. I'm going to do this A, B, and C. It's awesome. And I'm, I choose to feel this way. And you just and you will. You can you get know? a lot. You can go very far with that. Very far. And you know, here's the thing. It's not. There's nothing necessarily, and there might be. I'm just saying, but there doesn't necessarily need to be anything metaphysical with affirmations. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like a universal 
unseen rule that we don't understand. It doesn't have to be quantum physics, which right. it might be. It could be. It probably is. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, every invention began in someone's head first. Right. So yeah. it's like the water bottle I'm looking at. That before it became a water bottle in this 3D reality, someone had to draw it. They had to make a model on the computer, right? But before mm-hmm. they had to make a model on the computer, they probably put it on a piece of paper. They drew it with a pencil. And before the pencil, they, they sketched it on a napkin. But before yep. they sketched it on a napkin, it was in their mind, right? Absolutely. So, so affirmations where you think of something and then write it down, that's just like the first step of things happening in reality. So it's, yeah, maybe, maybe you think it and then metaphysics, you know, quantum physics, it's, it appears the universe, you think it, you write it down, you say it and boom, then the universe does its magic and things happen. Maybe, or maybe it's just logically everything that manifests into reality started as a thought and then it got written down and then it got talked about and then it went onto the computer diagram. Mm-hmm. model and then plans were made to turn that bottle into a prototype and then mass production but it took action that's what it acting on it action okay. right yeah and creating that bring it in bring it into existence took action. um yeah. from that energy in your head and yep. uh, yeah absolutely that's why I'm, I'm really a big that's why you know writing things down and going from that and actually following through with it, like that's the beauty of comics too. That's the beauty of comics because you write a comic, like you have from a, an idea in your head. It's like, this is a story that I'm seeing very clearly in my head and I want to draw it and bring it into being visually. And it makes it, wow, like that. Now it's come to life. Like now you've brought it into this yeah. existence Yeah. and uh, you're, you're manifesting it. And you're saying no. This is, this is. I, I'm bringing it over, across the boundaries, you know, into this world, and it's like, why can't I do that with more things, in my life? And you can. It's just, you got to take the action, and you have to stop listening to people. I think the biggest thing, I, lately, is what the people don't say. If it just seems like there's a, a real great silence out there, of people not talking to each other about. It's like, oh, I don't know how to do this. No one, you don't, no one's going to help you with anything. It's like, but there's a great silence of people not saying anything about, like, how can I just, you know, how can I just, just change my vibe? How can I change my, my mentality and uh, to the positive one? And it's like, it's just everyone's just, it just, it feels like everyone's waiting for everyone else to just, Everyone wants to see everybody fail. <laughs> you know, it's like that's, or maybe it's all in my own mind, but it's like I hate the great silence because the more the people don't talk and don't help each other, the more we're all kind of screwed in a way. I feel 100%. You know, um, and it's like if you start doing and start talking and start like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to start making my world. That's it. I don't give a damn. No one's saying anything. You, that's what it is. That's what we got we, we to start doing, start being. We just can't give a shit. just got to start like what, what you're doing with your food farm. Like, I'm just doing it, man. I'm not waiting for anybody to say, 
maybe, maybe you should do it. Like, no, you went out of there and you're doing it, you know. And with my like with my comic, or if I shoot a little movie or something, I'm just doing it. I don't give a sh- I don't give shit anymore. I'm sick of people just not saying anything about anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like we got we got to do it. It's it's kind of like I feel at this point there should be a counter Hollywood, a counter entertainment because there's so much bull crap. Um, we're not really getting real stories anymore. I feel it's like it's very much propagandized. Totally. Like I just want to make. We need. We just need our own. Make movies because this is the story we want to tell. And when there's no agenda to it, we just want to tell this awesome story that we had in our head. And that's it. And I'm just. That's what I want to do. You know. But because and no one else is really doing it. Everyone's just taking it like ah, they're complaining about yeah, they they oh, this movie sucked or they keep churning out these terrible movies. And it's like, well, who's doing anything about it? Who's standing up and saying no enough? Let's just do our own thing. You know, and then yep. kiss our ass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I'm going off on a rant here. No, it's a yeah. people's. Yeah, it's a it's a movement. It's a people's movement of working people that you know they got. They're getting screwed. Wow, power and wealth's getting consolidated. Yeah. So, you. I mean, you got to. You. Sh- everyone should make a real effort. In my opinion, to support their neighbor however they can, even if it means sacrificing. You know. You might be able to buy a better cantaloupe at Whole Foods, but if you can get it from the farmer, get it from the farmer. Like don't, yeah. uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm no angel. I shop at Whole Foods, but, um, you know, sometimes you got to remind, uh, you got to say it out loud. People, I just, and, and like, if we're on Instagram for dopamine hits, then we should give each other dopamine hits. Um, why? I see the same people watching my story on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And maybe a couple of them like it. The story. I get a couple likes, right? Mm-hmm. But right. a bunch of people watch. Everyone <laughs> should be liking my stories, <laughs> even if they don't like it. Damn like, it, like it. <laughs> I like P. I I'm a machine gun liker. Who fucking like it? Who gives a shit? Just like, like me, damn it! Like me. Oh, yeah. But give them out. I'm, yeah, I right, I right. give them out like crazy. Like, what's right. the big deal? Oh, you're you think your like is like so special? Like, it, it just makes me think. Like, I know my, they're friends. I know they would support me, but. Well, how hard theory, is how hard is it to tap the screen like yeah that's kind of what like I'm it. touching on yeah it's like a great it's like a voyeuristic silence yeah <laughs> of like a very passive unanticipated no one's participating they're just watching they like to watch <laughs> yeah it's like you the know? guy it's like the non-responsive guy in in michigan that couldn't right. move and couldn't talk it's like that's right yeah and yeah. now it's like i don't even know if they're real like i don't know this whole simulation yeah. is just my world uh manifesting in the particle well form sometimes, honestly. Like, i don't know if those people yeah. that are real watching my stories i know like the bots are fake but like even the people i think are real they might just be uh part of my program i don't know so if i don't i'm not gonna focus on it. i don't give a sh- like you can't care what anyone thinks because they might not even be real 
It might just be part of your simulation. So go and do it. That's the message. Just go do it. That's what we said at the beginning. It's what Omina and I are trying to do. But, you know, it's slow. And we're going to make mistakes and, you know, mm-hmm. you miss out on you miss out on other stuff because you got to choose. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Most of the time, you got to choose the path. Either put money into a greenhouse or go travel the world. Like, but what are you, you missing know? out on at this point? No one's got anything going on. Like, <laughs> there's nothing to miss out on because everyone's a voyeur. They're a voyeur. <laughs> You're a voyeur instead of a participant. I that I think that's what it is. Everyone feels like a voyeur, not a participant, and I think that's why we're getting a lot of NPC people and a lot less doers because everyone's just on automatic pilot. Like, okay, well, this is what we're supposed to do. And we go to the job, and uh, we watch the show, and we go to bed. We you know rinse, rinse and repeat. Like, yeah, but what else you got going on in your life? What else right. are you building? You know, how are you trying to make a stand against what the hell, you know, given this purpose to your life? What, you know, what's it all about, man? What are you trying to, are you trying to better anything and try to better yourself? Or are you just going to rinse, repeat, do it all over? Because that, to me, I don't know. That's, that's driving, that drives me nuts. Like you have to be working towards something that's going to, that means something to you, you know. Um, you got stuff. You got stuff. That's all. That that's my rant. And uh, I guess I guess we we can end it here. It, it's you know it's probably it's getting late for you a little bit, but yeah. Um, late for yeah. you. You're on. You're on what? <laughs> it's one thirty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm used to staying up. I'm not. Yeah, I go to bed at ten, ten thirty at the latest. So I'm <laughs> yeah. at my I'm at my threshold right now. Right, right. So that's healthy. That's healthy. I, you know what it is. I was thinking the other night. You know, it's part of it. It's because I'm single. I think there's some kind of biological thing happening there where it's like single people are on the hunt. <laughs> there's yep. something about it where it's like well what else can i do what else do i need to be doing to further my you know my hunt or whatever you know i'm, I'm not a big evolution guy but i understand the template and to me it's like oh it does make sense in a certain when you think of it that way it's like you're always hungry for the, the new ways to hunt the buffalo it's like yeah that, that it's a good way of putting it you know yep um, but, or, or I'm just a night owl and that's just how I was made. <laughs> yep. I know a lot of them. Yeah. But all right, we can, we can wrap it up. Good talk. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it again. Um, looking forward to your next episode. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think you're going to do it? Or do you, are you I have a, a guest? Or yeah. I think I'll have Grant back on. I, I, like I said, I could have him on for 20 episodes um it's the topic i'm interested in right now trying to understand this growing food and ecological repair and the ecological function of plants and how how we can be a beneficial influence and uh like i really want this property to stand out from the surrounding properties i want it to pop i want it to be like a magnificent um example of 
desert repair and show what can be done and make something sustainable. Not, I don't want to drain my well. I want to utilize the water. I, I just like the, you know, I like the set of criteria. You get this much water. You can do all these things. You can, you can bring carbon onto the property, but you've only got so much water. You're not going to, you're not going to import too much. You're not going to use more than your share. You got to make it work with what you got. And I like this set of criteria to try to make it work. And, uh, it's like a puzzle. Yeah. I'm I'm really into it. And, uh, Grant is the best guy I know, Grant Mondrell. Uh, I mean, I, I've met others like Jeff Lawton and mm-hmm. his associates, right. but Grant's yeah. like my buddy. So uh, he, he's the best I know, and I know some other good ones too. But so yeah, probably Grant. He wants to. He wants to. We want to do an episode on uh, weeds, so on so-called weeds, and mm-hmm. how people have demonized these plants that they call weeds. And they look at it like this, like the idea of an invasive plant as if it's, it's this bad plant in general. When in reality, plants and weeds are just a response to the environment. So like most weeds are repair plants. Uh, if you have like a really compact mm-hmm. uh, soil that's been injured, these plants will come in and they'll give nitrogen to the soil, they'll break up compacted soil and they, they have this beautiful ecological function, but people think they're weeds and they want to pull them and they want to control the environment and they, they don't want to look at what the weed or the, the so-called weed, what that plant is contributing and what it's either prepping the soil for some sort of succession for, for a, a more desirable plant to come in and take over or it's repairing damaged soil. So he's kind of an expert in that field. And there's a lot more to weeds than uh, what people think and invasive species in general. It's like, it's more of an idea of like humans have kind of destroyed had they've, they've impacted the land and they've a lot of cases they've destroyed the land. So when an invasive species come in, mm-hmm. it's more of a reflection of uh, mismanagement of that land. And of course, this species is going to come. It's a response to what a human has done. And then they want to blame the plant for something uh, that yeah. maybe it's not the plant's fault. It's uh, the plant's doing what it does. And oftentimes the benefits are completely overlooked and people just call it a weed and they want to get rid of it. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole contrarian outlook, but uh, I don't think so. I don't think it's, I think it's, it seems like it could be a really helpful, uh, correct outlook that needs to be explored. And Grant's the best I know he blows my mind. So I'm excited to do an episode on, maybe weeds and invasive species. And I'm not to say every time there's an invasive species, it's human's fault or, you know, there's cases where something like an allopathic plant comes off and it puts out these chemicals and then nothing else can grow around it. Um, 
maybe uh, maybe they should be managed. I don't know. I'm not I'm not an expert. I'm not lecturing anyone about anything. But uh, I think there's you can gain when you look at this uh, this argument that weeds have a role to play. And maybe if there's weeds, that doesn't necessarily mean you should get rid of them. Maybe you should leave them and let them do what they're doing. They're repairing something or they're prepping something. And if you knew more about the weed itself, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to pull it out. You would say, oh, okay, I see what it's doing. That's an indicator right. of what's going wrong in the ground. So let's leave it. Let it let's let it run its course. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it'll prep the soil for succession. So more desirable things can come in, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just, it's just like that need to control and make everything look tidy. I, yeah. I won't get into the weeds here on this. On the weeds, <laughs> thanks for having me on yeah. Chris. Uh, let's, uh, let's yeah, pick we can it up go on about that. We can go deeper about that. Uh, but maybe we should make it for next time. That's, and that's an interesting i'm thinking of metaphors just with us with people in general like sometimes we have we got weeds in ourselves too and it's like well you know maybe that's going to help us grow you know maybe we'll learn from whatever uh flaw that we have and we could see it and like oh that's why i have this happening you know and it, it, yeah it's it's interesting you know yeah. the the parallels there you know really is that, uh, yeah hey thanks for coming on that was fun yeah thanks it had for been having a while me. i think i think that was i you know part of us like we hadn't we hadn't talked and we hadn't potted in a while so i figured you know what let's wait a little bit so we get some good stories and then we'll talk and uh, i think this was this is great i really enjoyed your rage commercial i hope to hear <laughs> more like it i might put it on this one though when i get when i download this one i might uh, throw it on there but uh yeah it's fun it's fun i might do some more commercials down the road but any more commercials i do they're gonna be stuff that i've done and you know it's not gonna be at least i'm not there yet to where i'm gonna put on a commercial about whatever you know i just i just want to be very customized if i do a commercial it's gonna be about a comic i'm doing or story i'm writing or maybe a little film or something like that you know, that's all but thank you i think yep. i appreciate that yeah awesome yep fun all right everybody check out daniel wilson over at ddon.life that's his podcast that's where he's going to be talking about weeds yep and, that's uh, d-d-o-n period l-i-f-e on apple Podcasts. so thanks for having me chris have a great yeah. night all right daniel all right man all right. take it take easy care. all right bye-bye and i'm going to wrap it up everybody thanks for listening um light bright thanks for listening and liking the show that's awesome and everybody here that came in and visited the live studio netting thanks for the hearts and the high and uh you know maybe we'll do maybe i'll just do another one down the road where i'll just start rambling i'll start rambling and uh, I'll start. I'll answer some questions if you guys come up. If I ever get on a regular schedule, so you, so you have to kind of catch me when I'm on here. But uh, yeah, great stuff. I think this is a fun podcast. We all need to kind of take a stand, you know, and uh, do what it is that we feel is going to move the needle forward. And 
you know, whether it's something creative, it's art or something physical that we want to build or need to build for ourselves or somebody else. What's going to move the needle, you know, because, you know, watching the shows, there's a place of video games and movies and stuff. You know, I love movies. Uh, I like video games. But it's like at some point you gotta be like, you know, I got to make something here. I got to make something happen. And uh, with that, I'll leave you. And may you all have long days and pleasant nights.